podcast focused on lessons learned via the musician's backstory, as well as building successful careers in the business. My name is Allison M., and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. Let's get down to business. Welcome to today's episode. And on today's episode, we have Renee Bordner. So thanks so much for being here, Renee. You are a studio owner, piano instructor, and philanthropist. And so welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And will you tell us where you're zooming in from today? I am in a small little sleepy suburb outside of Boston. Um, however, <laughs> um, I love being a New Englander. I'm not a native New Englander. I'm a Midwesterner. Um, I was born and raised in Ohio, and then we lived in Madison, Wisconsin for five fantastic years. Then we were in the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania for eight, and we've been in Sudbury, Massachusetts for eight, and I think we're here to stay as New Englanders. <laughs> wow, how did that uh, how did that trail work for you? How did you go from one to the other? All of them are due to my husband's career. So being a musician, the educator, I always uh, said to my husband, you go, I'll follow your lead. And uh, I've uh, planted roots everywhere we've been. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, our son was born in Madison and our daughter was born in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, we've had a lot of fun everywhere we've been. That's great. And so you are a musician yourself. Um, piano is your main instrument? Yes. Yeah, and, and so tell me a little bit about your background in music. So I was one of those small town Ohio girls, uh, you know, started dabbling at the piano with my aunt. Uh, then my parents decided that I needed, and my aunt, I guess, decided I needed a little bit more. So I started piano lessons very casually with our church pianist, organist, and from there, I went to some, you know, hop through other local small town instructors. All were wonderful and supported me in different ways. Um, somewhere along the line in eighth grade, I told my parents I needed a more serious teacher. So they found me a teacher who was um, also a professor of piano at a state university. Um, and, uh, you know, from there I went. Uh, I, in my college years, had no intention of being a music major, and I have my degrees in my bachelor's of education and my master's education um, because I wanted to do art and music therapy. So I went down the whole education route and loved that. Um, I worked as an art and music therapist for many years uh, um, from grad school on, and um always enjoyed that piece. So never a performing musician, although I was in my marching bands and symphony bands in school and sang in the church choir and played in church as, as a pianist and stuff. Um, never a, a performing musician outside of like family weddings and things like that. So um, that's just not what drives me. Uh, the education piece drives me. Yeah. So um, at what point did you decide that you were going to pursue it at a higher level? You know, when I look back, I do know that I've said a few times here and there, like it would be fun to be like the neighborhood piano teacher as like a little 
what what we call now a side hustle, but right, right. You know, but I always I always thought that would be fun, but I never like formally pursued it. Um, very complicated, you know, turns of events in my life. But I was a stay at home mom with our two children. Um, we I ended up being a stay at home mom because we thought our child had our youngest had special needs, which she's you know, very healthy. And, um, but I was stay at home mom and that was fine. I enjoyed being a stay at home mom, but I didn't see myself doing that as the long haul. Um, simultaneously, um, I was looking for a parent teacher for my son and I struggled finding an engaging, inspiring piano teacher in my area that didn't have a wait list. There were plenty of great instructors in my area. Sure. They all had wait lists. And when I chatted with other instructors, they just couldn't get me excited about piano. And, you know, I know everybody can see me, but like there's two pianos behind me. I'm wearing right. a recycled piano wire necklace right now. <laughs> I live and breathe piano. And so if someone couldn't excite me about piano, I knew they weren't going to excite my son at age four five when he was starting to discover sports and the digital world so sure. I kept asking my mom friends at you know the little mommy and me play group and uh finally some friends were like Renee you have a master's in education you have a love of music you need to do this and here take our kids so I started the studio with my own son and um some friends children and off we went. My goal, I started talking to other music teachers in the area. A neighbor was very supportive. Um, my goal was to have six or eight students. Um, today, I now live outside of Boston, as I already stated. I have a teaching team of 55 instructors. We're teaching five. Wow. Um, so my little itty bitty dream um, exploded. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And I love, 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 love it. Love it. So how long did that take to happen over what period of time? Um, so I've been in business for 14 years um, and uh, it'll be 14 years this summer. So it's taken a lot of time. Uh, the first several years, the whole time I was in Pennsylvania, it was me, myself and I teaching piano. And that's all the father I ever dreamed. That was all the father I saw. That's all the father I thought I needed. Um, and that was fine. And we moved to the Boston area and I told my children that we moved in the summer and I told my children I wasn't going to start teaching or looking for students till Halloween time. I thought that I deserved to, my children deserved getting settled in and those first play dates and we needed to get the ugly wallpaper off of the wall <laughs> and just settle in. Yeah, um, yeah. So I promised my family not until Halloween. And the week before Halloween, I started with my first student. Um, but a couple of weeks before Halloween, I um, was teaching my some of my former Pennsylvania students through Skype. So okay. I've been an online teacher for eight years. So we were <sighs> transitioning those students in Pennsylvania who maybe wanted to finish a book or finish a piece or they had a goal or they were on a wait list to work with one of those fabulous instructors, whatever there was some, everybody had different circumstances. So I continued sure. to do with those through Skype. Um, and some of them stayed with me for a few years. It was really right. rewarding. Wow. What was it like teaching on Skype so early? Yeah. Um, it was, a little, there was challenges. <laughs> yeah. we, didn't use, we didn't use FaceTime yet. Um, there were challenges, but you know, we made it work. I think I was determined and I think my students were determined. Um, 
I had an adult student who was very determined. I mean, there was glitches and, you know, I bought a Yeti microphone and, you know, we, we, we tried, but yeah. And we had fun. Um, I would mail them their stickers for their notebooks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, funny. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. You're teaching online so far before, I mean, before any other teacher I'm aware of has been doing this. So that's amazing. It was actually an adult student of mine's idea. She came to her lesson. There was a for sale sign in my yard. You know, I had already told them what was happening. And she said, we're not getting a divorce. <laughs> I won't forget it. And I said, okay, but I'm moving to the Boston suburbs and it's kind of far to commute for your one 45 minute lesson a week. She said, we're not getting a divorce. We're going to do this over Skype. And I said, okay, fast forward. She called me um, the week before New Year's and said that she now has a six-year-old daughter and wants me to teach her. And so I started teaching her daughter. Wow. So that's been so gratifying and fun to wow yeah it's amazing very full circle yeah and she pushed me right out of my comfort zone (laughs) (laughs) wow that's great I love hearing stories like that and are you still using Skype for for online lessons or did you switch yeah (laughs) (laughs) we use everything we use FaceTime Zoom Google like we use um what the student is comfortable with. So on March 12th, 2020, when I pivoted the studio, the studio from being an all in person, hands on, where the teachers travel to the students' homes, um, we went from all in person to all online overnight, literally. Um, and I made the decision that night um, on the couch, under a blanket, lots of tears and a bag of potato chips and made the decision that we were gonna do it. And I said to all of our teachers and um, they all got an email, all the parents got an email and I did a Facebook Live, my first one. Uh, I, fighting the tears said, we're gonna make this happen, but we're gonna do what the student is comfortable with. So if the senior citizen student already was used to FaceTiming their grandchildren on Sundays once a week, then that senior citizen student we were doing FaceTime for. Um, if the, you know, if the, the five-year-old was already comfortable with Zoom because mom and dad are already using Zoom for work, then that's what we were going to do. And that's still how we, almost okay. a year later, we just go yeah. with what the student is comfortable with. Um, if the student doesn't have a preference, which now most people don't, right? <laughs> then now we go with where the teacher has the most technology and, and the teacher's preferences um, for like teacher. doing split screens and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a great rule. I like that approach. Um, much, uh, much more student focused than, yeah. That is everything here, right there, Allison. Yeah. <laughs> everything here is student focused. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And um, so how did you go from, you know, so you were just teaching out of your home initially, I yeah. would assume? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and so where, what kind of facility are you working out of right now? Still my home. Really? I, have, I do not have a bricks and mortar school. Um, back in, back pre-COVID when you go to cocktail parties and you meet someone new and they would ask, you know, what do you do for a living? And, you know, um, I frequently get asked when am I going to have a bricks and mortar school if I'm saving a nest egg or looking for the yeah. right property and all those sorts of things. And the answer is always no. Um, I have no desire to maintain a home and be away from my family 
that's why I went into business for myself. So um, all 55 instructors, they either go to our students' homes or they teach online from their own home. Yeah, um, that's great. So some of my students come to see me um, pre-COVID, of course. Um, and, um, you know, I taught lessons outside. A lot of our teachers are teaching lessons outside. Uh, you know, not right now with all the right, right. snow. <laughs> uh, much like Wisconsin snow, there's right, a point no where you can't, there's some things you can't do outside. Yeah. Even though we're so, hardy people. <laughs> yeah. And then you, the name of your business now, and it, and it has been probably for, since you started, is Noteworthy Experiences. And so tell me how that model works then, since you don't have an, like a, a, a studio, brick and mortar, um, tell me how that works with the different teachers. You know, it works really well. Um, the the name, I'm not 100% sure where it came from. Uh, it just came to me and I like it and it stuck. Um, Perfect. Yeah. yeah, I'm married to a, an intellectual property attorney, so I <laughs> own that trademark, uh, the, the little perk yeah. there, the, the one perk. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I just, I guess the studio grew almost by accident at point, and it grew into something so large. I mean, logistically, I can't afford Boston real estate prices to even rent a place to have 55 teachers teaching on a Wednesday, which is our most popular lesson day. I mean, sure. think of the size of the space and how much I'd have to invest in soundproofing walls and ceilings and just all that. Like, I can't even imagine how big that would be. And the driving force behind that would be, then my, my lesson rate would have to be so expensive that I think it would price me right out um, and I believe in paying our teachers fair to generously. And so when people really press me on this question, I'll just say, I don't think I could afford it because I want to pay our teachers appropriately, um, right. which is why I think resumes come to me Right. right. Versus, me versus me recruiting teachers. They come, yeah. to, they at this point come to me. Yeah, so, that's great. Which, which is a blessing. <laughs> That's great. So, and then what type of teachers do you have working with you? I have a wide variety of teachers. <laughs> um, we can accomplish just about anything. Uh, we've been doing free family funding fun nights during the pandemic where we do um, free concerts for current students, former students, potential students. Um, last night we had bluegrass. The week before we had jazz piano. Uh, we've had classical uh pop, sing-along, name that tune. Uh, we've had organ music on a huge pipe organ in a church. I mean, we teach organ, harp, yeah. name it. We don't teach bagpipes. That is one that I, I we don't teach. Um, Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> I've been asked. I can't find a good bagpipe instructor. So if anybody knows one, call me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And are your teachers all in the Boston area or are they from all over? I only will work with instructors in the Boston area simply because um, I do believe that we will be, well, we already have returned to some in-person lessons. Sure. So, um, for the people who want that and believe in that, um, you know, I definitely want to offer that. And I want to have instructors on my team who have full rosters or close to full rosters. So I want to be able to afford that option. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. I'm blessed to live by 
New England Conservatory, Berkeley, Boston yeah. Conservatory, you know, Lodge School of Music. I mean, I've got them all within 18 miles of my door. So. It's amazing. And are some of their um, professors or um, staff members a part of what you do? And some, yeah, or adjunct professors and or grad students or doctoral students and a, a wide variety. Some of our instructors are younger than myself, some are older <laughs> than myself, some are in my age bracket, and you know, different families are looking for different things. You know, um, you know, I, I get the call of where they want somebody with a grandmotherly approach, or they want someone, you know, that's very young and energetic, and, you know, I get, I get a lot of different requests, and so we're not a, we're, we're not a, um, one size fits all, like we definitely customize what people are looking for and make adjustments if we don't have it right. We definitely adjust for the student that's needed. Yeah. So yeah. we're busy. They all essentially work out of their, yeah, they all work uh, out of their home essentially. Right. Or right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so smart. And it, I mean, who could have predicted what happened this last year, you know, oh. with the pandemic, but oh. Thank goodness that you had that set up because had you been working out of a, a larger facility, there's no, I mean, how would you have survived? I'm so right. thankfully, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad for you that this is a survivable model right now. And it's, it's probably, I don't know, how have things gone for you since COVID? Things have been tough. I mean, you know, we've been affected yeah. just like everybody else. Um, sure. I get very emotional very quickly when I think about how hard this has been on our musicians, our, our teachers. Um, you know, our teachers are extended family of mine and they haven't performed for a year now. And that's right. hard. And I believe that, I believe there's such a thing as performer blood. I believe there's such a thing as teacher blood. I do believe that some people have both. Um, I have teacher blood. Yes. I do not have performer yes. blood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but when a performer doesn't perform, that just can destroy, yes. destroy yeah. them. Um, it also can financially be very difficult. So it's been a lot of sleepless nights on my end, um, just worrying um, about them. Um, and so doing all I can to keep their rosters as full as possible has been my, you know, it's been my motivator. And so we came up with some very creative things. Um, you know, we started offering some very cheap workshops back when kids went to all online school and it was a little light in the academic world in our in our area. I don't know how it was for all the listeners, but here school wasn't so rigorous last year. So we added um, some very inexpensive options. We added just additional workshops and things. So that certainly helped. Um, some people left the studio due to financial reasons. I definitely worked with people as their finances changed to keep their child engaged in lessons. Um, you know, a lot of creativity behind the scenes that is going to stay behind the scenes for the actors. Exactly. Um, you know, some people didn't believe in online learning. Um, some people didn't believe in teaching online. I mean, there's just been so many things, but we put together what we could. Some people, when they're either 
like maybe an adult who was playing tennis regularly, you know, all of a sudden wasn't playing tennis and had free time. So they were signing up for lessons or maybe some kids in their sports were canceled. So they were signing up. Right. So yeah. We did, we did add some students, um, you know, and then when we started with the hybrid model in June and we started offering some in person, then we picked up a few more students and some students came back. So there's, we've been all over the place to, you know, I'm a very honest person. We've been all over the place. However, the one thing that there's silver linings everywhere and I try yes, yeah. hard to be an optimist and I try to find those silver linings. I'm seeing our students be so successful because we're having such consistent lessons. So because people are online or the teachers online or the students online, we're able to have to reschedule or whatever, but we are seeing so many kids have weekly lessons and maybe we, we weren't having the conflict of basketball tryouts and we weren't having conflicts of, you know, um, you know, something at their church or their place of worship or, you know, a birthday party, you know, all those things since everything was being canceled, we're seeing much more um, consistent lessons. So we're seeing so much progress with our students. And so, and we were entering them in so many more online events and, we created more online things. And so COVID has been hard, but I've seen some amazing kids like compose some really powerful stuff. Oh, great. Um, so there's, there's been, there's been some good stuff here. And what, what kind of um, online events came out of this? I added a composing competition for our students. Mm. Um, since so many were writing and, and, you know, our teachers were really promoting the writing. Um, so we did a composing competition for three different age groups. And it was just a blast to see what these kids came up with. I mean, just, oh, amazing. Awesome. Um, we did some outdoor recitals, some mini tiny ones at, um, you know, an out, in a courtyard of a senior living area. Um, we did like many music studios, we did the Zoom online winter recital yes. thing. You know? um, <laughs> but we kept for spring 2020, we kept our scholarship competition in place. We kept National Piano Guild auditions in place. We just went online, um, which is what we're doing for spring 2021. Um, and then I'm adding a music festival in May that I can't even believe I'm doing. It's so huge. And we're going to be outdoors on 40 acres and we're going to be socially distanced and we're going to wear masks. And I have food trucks and I'm working with the Board of Health on food truck COVID permits. It's like stuff I never thought. Oh, I was ever going right. To yeah. Who would have ever expected this? Yeah. But, but we're, we're going. Yeah, so uh, I'll be calling you, Allison, for help with this because yeah. I'm, have, I'm having kids perform on two different stages on two different pavilions simultaneously. Like, oh my gosh, that sounds so fun! T-shirts, sweatshirts, like food trucks. Like this is, I have a hand sanitizer, a hand sanitizer sponsor who's one of our parents. You're amazing. You're such a go-getter. <laughs> this I is will so do cool. it for these kids. Because these yes. kids deserve it. They're working hard in these online lessons. They're working hard in these lessons in a garage and it's cold. I mean, if these kids are going to go to that length, I need to go to that length for them. That is so inspiring to hear. I love that. I, I need to start doing some of that for my own studio because I think we talked a little bit, but yeah, I do some private teaching myself, but not as a part of a studio. And so 
that's, it's giving me some ideas like, yeah, I, I need to do more of that for mine. Cause you're right there. And some of them are really developing more than they might have mm-hmm. um, yes. the consistency. Yes. And so, yeah, they need to realize that and, and be rewarded for that. And, and right. be told that <laughs> right. I mean, if they're not going to hockey practice because right. the, the hockey team's quarantined, let's just say, okay, that right, right. My town is in the news for for, for that happening, actually. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> but let's just say they're quarantining because the whole hockey team, you know, had a little COVID outbreak. They're home. Yeah. And if they play guitar, if they play saxophone or whatever, those instruments are getting dusted off and picked up and used. Mm-hmm. So let's give them a reason to, to even work even harder and, yeah. and celebrate it. You know, maybe not necessarily to push them to work harder, right? Maybe that's the wrong way. Um, but I think more of a, like, let's just celebrate it. Let's show it off. Let's yeah. show everybody what you can do. Um, so it's going to be wild. <laughs> and I'm excited, but I can't. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I can't even. And the, I didn't know I was going to do this ever. <laughs> yeah, this is so cool. And and will these events, and like, can, can people follow what you're doing with these events? Does your uh, studio have a... Or does noteworthy experiences have a like a Facebook page that people can follow? And oh, we are everywhere. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Google. You know, so absolutely. Um, we do put up a lot of posts so people can follow us and and get to know us. And we do limit some of the things that we put up because of the confidentiality of of our minor students. For sure. But, but we do have a lot up and. There's just a lot going on here at all times. And yeah. running the studio is my passion. I believe it's what I was put on earth to do. It just took me a little bit to figure that out. Um, and, uh, you know, Sounds like it. we've had the teachers on board for six years now, um, which has been a good and fun journey. And now we've had the nonprofit charity for three years. So in case the studio wasn't enough. Yeah. The charity yeah. Taken, taken a turn and it's exploded simultaneously. Yes, and yeah, we can talk about that now. So, and um, your and your your children started the nonprofit. Yes. And and um, how old are your kids again? Currently, my kids are currently eighteen and fifteen, and they so they started when they were twelve and fifteen, and uh, started again. Sometimes I feel like things in the Bordner house happened by a lovely accident, but. <laughs> They were just hearing me talk about kids who didn't have funds for lessons and instruments. And, you know, they are, they're great kids, but they definitely grew up in some suburban bubbles. And, and they were like, what do you mean that everybody can afford a saxophone and saxophone lessons? That's awful. And they were horrified and they're like, we've got to do something about this. So this is not just a little neighborhood lemonade stand. They've moved 700 instruments around the globe so far. And um, they just got an email yesterday. They're going to send stuff to West Africa. Wow. um, Wild. It's crazy. And the name of that nonprofit again is? Instrumentalangels.org. Yeah. When you go to that website, you'll see their pictures and you can follow them on social media. They have volunteers and a board of directors that help them. Um, and I volunteer with them a lot. <laughs> ah, so if people have instruments that are no longer getting used, they can they can get them to that charity to that nonprofit, and then they'll get refurbished or you know yeah. 
repurposed yes. and sanitized because that's sanitized. Yes, that's important right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they try super, super hard to put together like sets and kits. So if the instrument comes without a case, um, they try to send it out with a case or a stand if it's like a violin and needs a bow and they try to put rosin with it and they try to put, you know, staff paper with it if they can or a stand. I mean, they try super hard to put like guitar picks with the guitars or an amp with it. And they try to give the children that are receiving these like everything they would need. That doesn't always happen, but that is their goal to give them everything they would need to sit down with some YouTube videos or an instructor or something and just go and explore. Um, definitely trying to make this more of an equal opportunity. Um, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. And then how does someone apply to receive an instrument? What does that process look like? They can go right to the website and there's a contact us form and my son uh, will receive that and then he'll uh forward it to whoever needs to, to see it on the team and, and then it gets divided from there. But typically kids who qualify for a free lunch program would qualify for an instrument, um, mainly programs that serve kids in need and kids who have special needs contact instrumental angels. So it's usually done through another partner program and they're always sure. additional partners. To work with. Sure. Wow. That's amazing. And any instrument or uh, particular instruments? Good question. Any instrument except for electric organs and acoustic pianos, and they are limiting some drum sets sure. because of just size. Yeah. Um, but they have uh, received banjos, they've received zippers, they, they, <laughs> and they've placed them with programs. That's amazing. Um, they sent an accordion to Cape Verde, which is off of Africa. Uh, they they won't so cool. turn much down. <laughs> wow. So it's That's pretty, incredible. Pretty crazy. It's a busy, busy home here. Yeah, but so filled with music, it sounds. Absolutely. And then I was going to ask you, so when you when you started off, I mean, you were, your, your goal, your... Um, your, your, your field of study was in education uh, and your, um, your, your passion is in education. And now you're, you know, you're a business owner and, um, and, and a nonprofit kind of co-director and leader and volunteer. And so how did you go from that transition, you know, that mental shift into like, now I have to not just teach, but I also have to run this thing. You know, what did that take for you? Elson, that's such a good question. I I joke all the time um, that everything here has been trial and error with a whole, excuse me, hell of a lot of error. <laughs> yes. yeah. And you just learn from those errors and yeah. okay, that you know, just it's a mentality of okay, that doesn't work. Let's try something else. Uh, and you know, so a lot of that, um, but thankfully, I'm so grateful that the studio grew slowly um you know I mean I, I say I say we have all these students and when I was in Pennsylvania and I was just me myself and I teaching we had all these students stuff but it, it did evolve over time and it, it did evolve at my pace um and then when we moved to Sudbury remember I was gonna you know not teach right away and stuff so it, it did grow slowly 
Um, and when I hired my the teachers, the first teachers, you know, I hired one at a time and we grew very slowly. So I think I had to grow with the studio and I've had to grow with the charity. Um, and I've watched my kids grow with the charity. Uh, you know, I started noteworthy when my daughter was still in diapers. I mean, uh, you know, my son was going into kindergarten. I mean, we've all literally grown through this process together. And um, I'm not sure what the end road is. Um, I was just asked earlier this week, and I said, well, my plan is to still teach piano when I'm in the nursing home. So yeah, why not? I, I plan to teach people over in the corner. And, you know, that's, that's my goal. I don't really plan to stop because I have a passion for teaching. Um, but along the way, I did have an epiphany that I'm not teaching as many students as I once did. I used to teach 56 students a week. And that was a little too much. Um, but I had an epiphany that I also found that I love teaching our teachers. And I have two calls yet today with teachers who want help with lesson planning. Um, one feels that the students plateaued and the teacher wants to have some creative ways to push that student through the plateau. And the other teacher is having a challenge with a student who's a little wiggly and a little bit of trouble focusing online. And so, you know, I have some plans in place. So I found out that I love teaching teachers and that fulfills my need to teach. <laughs> and um, and so I feel like that way it's like a better extension um, and casting a broader net. And then after that epiphany, I discovered that I love consulting with studios and I consult with a couple of studios around the country and I'm having a blast working with um, studio, studios and LA, Atlanta, Miami, Long Island, um, watching them do similar things with their own flair and, you know, watching them be able to touch even more students' lives. Um, it's pretty cool to, to think amazing. of, you know, all these people are reaching students as young as three, they're like 90, you know, all these people all over the place, like helping people just tap what's inside of them musically. It's, what uh, are the what are the some some of the bigger lessons that you might have learned along the way as you were growing the the business? Um, I've learned that it's okay to have scabbed knees from home. <laughs> uh, you know, I just wear a longer skirt or put on some pants <laughs> because it seems like my my knees are always scraped. Um, perseverance, grit, yes. yeah. hard work, um, you know, to chatting with you, knowing you're a Midwesterner, I'm a Midwesterner, you know, we yes. all know how to roll up our sleeves, we all know how to work. <laughs> I grew up in a small town, I grew up with family of farmers, you know, no one can tell me that, that I don't know what hard work is, and I've just taken it, and I've applied it to music, and I love it, it's, it propels me, it, and uh you know, I, I uh, these students, I think that's what I've learned is that I learned that I'm propelled by quality, awesome students. Yeah. yeah. Had, but students. it's, it's never going to be a perfect journey getting there for sure. Oh, gosh, no, no, never, <laughs> never. And I, I think, you know, I am, um, I am a perfectionist and I am a type A and I am a Leo and I'm a firstborn. I mean, I check <laughs> all those boxes and I've learned that, you know, it's, I'm gonna make mistakes. Um, I'm not done learning. I'm not done 
making more errors. I just have to <laughs> mitigate the ones I do make. Yeah. But the only way you're going to learn is by doing so. Yeah, you just have yeah. to forge ahead. Yeah. And yeah. it seems like you're just such a, a go getter. And I just I admire that so much about you. And well, I appreciate that. I have an amazing team. Um, I have an amazing husband. Uh, I have an amazing kids and amazing parents that have just, you know, let me go and definitely uh, hold me up when I need. Um, I have been very fortunate to work with an amazing group of teachers along the way that I trust. And I tell them, you know, go, go with your gut. Um, and I have fantastic virtual assistants and webmaster <laughs> and, and accountant. And, you know, I, I think, I think part of the studio success has just been good hires. What do you look for when you're looking for uh, a good a good teacher to work with? What exactly is that profile for you? Oh, it's easy. It's easy for me now. It wasn't easy in yeah. the beginning. It's easy. Um, I watch for someone who wants to dig in. I watch for someone who wants to learn. Um, I look for someone who's coachable, um, but just passionate. I look for passion and fire about teaching and music. Um, we don't have time here for drama. We don't have time here for divas. Like, you know, Love that. Yeah. No, no drama, yeah. no divas. Uh, we just we just want people who love teaching and learning. Um, so that way, if I have somebody here and we have a challenge or a complaint or something, um, I need to know that the teacher on the other end of the video chat or the phone, or if we're going to meet outside in my lawn, right, right. <laughs> I need to know that they're, if I'm going to sit down and work with them on something that went wrong, that they're going to be like, okay, Renee, all right. Yep. Yep. I learned from that. Let's, let's fix it. This is how we're going to fix it together. This is what we're going to try. But also I'm looking for the person to say, Hey, Renee, I tried what we talked about and we came up with together and that didn't work. So do you have another idea? That's what I want. Um, yeah. And and when we have that, then we can do a lot. And, uh, you know, kind of, sky's the limit. We're not done. Yeah. Yep. And that's important, too, because then they're passing that um, educational nature along to their students. Um, because if they aren't willing to learn and, um, and grow themselves, you know, that's not being reflected in their their own teaching right exactly yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah 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 so yeah no i'm really glad that you talked about that uh and you probably you know had to do some learning by by doing as you know as you're hiring and probably it wasn't always you know had to have some hard conversations along the way i'm sure oh, absolutely absolutely, <laughs> absolutely absolutely and again you know there's mistakes and you know i certainly brought people onto the team and they've been in the team a little bit and they're like i'm out game over this is not my thing yeah, you know yeah. and that's okay you know um <laughs> when that's happened I've said thanks for telling me thanks for knowing that about yourself um you know it, it's all right wish you well kind yeah. of thing um what I love is you know watching the teachers evolve um and you know start to develop specialty areas and niches and 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 all that I mean it's just been so wild to watch some of our teachers grow over six years. Um, and I've hired some new teachers with very little experience. Um, and they've some of them turned out to be like the greatest teachers that have ever been on my team. Um, 
Um, but, awesome. you know, um, just watching. Um, when I first started, and I still try to implement this, this is a little trickier, but I think part of my secret sauce is I have tried to have my kids pop into my interviews and watch the teachers interact when my own kids come in. And uh, yeah. that's been super telling. Yeah. Super telling. Yeah. It's so, a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it, you know, sometimes my kids would have to come into an interview not planned. I mean, sometimes they're right. Like, sure. <laughs> like some mom thing. Uh, right. But, but I've really, 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 really over the years tried to have the, my own kids pop into the interview at, for some reason at some point for something and watch how they handle that. Um, not trying to be evil, not trying to catch anyone, not trying to stump anyone, but just it, it's because that's what a real life piano lesson is going to look yeah. like. And it's when they go to our students' home, you know, there's exactly. going to be interruptions. The dog is going to bark um, in that student's home. There's going to be a phone call. There's going to be a baby cry. There's, there's stop. Um, so I just want to see how they handle all that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well said, well played. <laughs> yeah. Are there, is there any piece of advice that you might um, give to uh, the someone looking to get into this work right now or into maybe even um, starting a studio, a larger studio, like what you're doing right now? My advice is um, to be patient with yourself. Um, we live in such an instant gratification world um and i'm not I'm, I'm very 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 patient when teaching but i'm not patient with myself mm. if that makes sense um and i really had to teach myself patience that it's going to work out and all your plans and ideas and all the behind the scenes stuff just to put it in place and let it work um the other thing is just, just be prepared that mistakes will happen um and be okay with that and that's hard it's easier said than done <laughs> sure for sure um, and i know that i'm not done making mistakes so waiting for the next one to come <laughs> yeah. that's a good a great mindset to have and yes as long as we're using them as teaching tools for ourselves and that's all you can do yeah, yeah. and you know, um definitely trying to as you were talking about before like you know role model for my students but also role model for my own kids um yeah you know that uh well, for those who use you as yeah yeah for those who look up to you yeah exactly and not that because i'm putting myself on a pedestal or anything but i just want to you know i want my own kids to see what multitasking really looks like because while I chat with you, Alice, the, the dishwasher is running, the washer right. is going, the, you know, there's, there's, uh, the dryer is going, you know, there's multitasking going on right now. Uh, and, Absolutely. And that's, that's the life of a working mom. Um, I'm just grateful that I can do it within my own house and I don't have to leave. Um, and that's what I wanted and that's what I created and that's what my husband has supported. So when that first resume came in, when I first started hiring, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen, but I took a leap. I'm glad I did. I'm so glad for you that you have such a supportive family and, and that your family is all, you know, and, and starting their own thing because of what you have done and, you know, and they're just inspired by you. So that's, that's so telling and so amazing to hear. It's a great story. 
Yeah. It's a fun uh, one. Uh, but we're is. not done writing the story yet. So. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think your next? Yeah. What do you yeah. think the next steps will be for you? <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. Yeah. I was prepared with a list of list of answers for all the questions for all your questions. No, yeah, that was I don't I don't know what it's going to be. Um, I'm open. Um, I'm open to seeing it. I'm, I'm not. I, it's hard for me to write that next chapter and you know put an outline together for it because I don't know where my own two kids are going to go. And I don't know what yeah. my own two kids are going to do. And you know, I uh, my request to them is that they stay in the same time zone as each other. Uh, <laughs> that would be nice yeah I'm sure um I'm not sure because I'm in this weird space with having a college freshman and a high school 10th grader you know the next five years are gonna they're gonna be a little weird Uh, and you know I think after that I I can start to develop a path and a plan but I don't know it'll be my husband and I and these two crazy dogs that's what I know (laughs) (laughs) That's what I know will happen. That's okay right now. Yeah. (laughs) But you just have an amazing business and, um, and lots of other exciting things going on and, um, congratulations on everything that you're doing. And, um, it's, it's been, you know, it's been so fun just getting to know you and, um, just getting inspired by you myself. And, um, I, I'm just, I'm really, um, looking forward to following what you and your studio do and your, and your business and nonprofit. There's just so much that I, you know, I can learn from just by watching you. So, well, yeah. well, I, I'll, I'll help however I can. I love, um, supporting small business owners. I love supporting women, small business owners. It's definitely tough, definitely tricky. And I've had a lot of great experiences along the way. I've been, um, fortunate to have been raised by a great family, but I've also been fortunate to have lived in great places and meet new people. Um, and, uh, you know, trying to give back as much as I can, because uh, I've been blessed with support and I know there's a lot out there that don't have it. So, um, you know, extending to those that don't have as big of a network and a strong yeah. net, um, you know, I think is important to me because uh, I think music is important and how we can how we can kind of link arms, especially during this pandemic. It's got to end at some point, Allison. And, I know, uh, I and, know. and in the interim, here we are. We're just going to keep forging through. <laughs> sure. Well, we'll just keep doing what we know we can do best. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. I, um, I just keep saying that the world needs music more now than ever. Absolutely. We need that outlet. For sure, for sure. And where can people find out more information on what you're doing with the nonprofit and the studio? Sure. Um, The nonprofit, they're a 501c3, uh, and it's called instrumentalangels.org. There's a lot on their website, and there's a lot on their um, Facebook and Instagram. Um, Then my music studio is noteworthyexperiences.com. And we're very active on our LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram as well. So the websites and the social media, uh, anybody can send a message. Even just a hello is fine. Um, more than likely, the person responding on the other end of uh, anything for noteworthy is going to be myself. Um, and the person responding on the other end of Instrumental Angels will probably be my son. So, um, yeah, so we're we're uh, having a lot of fun meeting a lot of great people and touching them through music. 
it's been it's been a fun journey and circle back with me we'll see where we go next absolutely we'll definitely be in touch and i look forward to to seeing where everything goes from here so yeah congratulations on it all Thank, Thank you. you so much for talking today. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you'd like to, to add? Oh, no, I think we've covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, I'm, I'm an approachable person. So if you or a listener has specific questions, you know, certainly go to our website, go to our social media. Like I, that's why I have said it's probably going to be me answering on the other end. Um, you know, and I'm happy to answer questions and but I'm also here, happy to hear about other people's stories because I'm like you, Allison. I am driven by other people's stories, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I like to say, "Oh, wow, that's great!" You know, how could I do that? But with our spin on, right, that, right, you know, like, yeah. how could I? What, what could I do? You know, but do it with a little bit of a different twist. Um, yeah, you know, I love, 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 love networking, um, which is, yeah. you know. But you already know that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, exactly. Imitation is the what sincerest form of flattery, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. uh, I, I'm always up for that. So yeah. Send, yeah. send me questions. I'm around. I'm not going anywhere in this pandemic. And right. <laughs> and there's snow everywhere. I'm not going anywhere. So yeah. Yeah, you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> From Boston to Milwaukee. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we have similar weather. It's okay. You have lake effect snow. I get snow off the ocean. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. It's all just big bodies of water and lots of snow. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just here. Just let me know if you need anything. Thank you so much, Renee. It was so nice to talk, talk with you today. Thanks for being a guest. Our featured patron today is Stephanie Graham of Bayview, Milwaukee. Thank you, Stephanie. Also originally from Ohio. This was a perfect pairing for you. Thanks always to our patrons for all of their support of Wisconsin Music Ventures and now our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll leave ratings and reviews for us wherever you're listening from. Visit themusiciansventure.com for more information on upcoming guests, show notes, and ways to send us your topic suggestions. The Musicians Venture Podcast is hosted by Allison M., recorded at Podcast Town in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, produced by Shannon Coulard, with theme music written and performed by Mike Neumeyer. Thanks again.